Hi, here we are. <laughs> this is going to be Leon Nishmat Tzion Ben Sete. So I thought for a while, what, I, what was I going to say tonight? She hit me up on Instagram and said she wants me to come speak. And I, and I asked her, what do you want me to say? And she said, just come, bring yourself. So I'm thinking, should I talk about dating? Should I talk about confidence, loving yourself? And I came to the conclusion that you wanted me to come. So I'm going to give you me. I want to make this an intimate kind of class. I want to really talk about, you know, things that are going to touch all of your hearts. And feel free to stop me at any time and to uh, ask a question. So my name is Jonathan Benchimol. It's nice to meet all of you. You probably know me from my screaming in pizza stores, <laughs> interviewing rabbis, uh, I don't know, all my crazy events online. And you might ask yourself, how did I become this kind of person? And it's, inter- it's an interesting story if I have your... Uh, permission to say it. Um, I grew up in Israel and I moved to America about the age of seven or eight and my family is Moroccan and ever since I was a little kid I was always very sensitive. I was always very sensitive in particular to words and since my parents are Moroccan and tough, I'm sure you know how that is, I didn't always have the most emotional spot with them. So that let me kind of like into resentment most of my life or into like and by the way, I'm being super honest and vulnerable. I just don't care. You guys could take it how you want, but this is the truth. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was always very, like, sensitive. Not sensitive, just like I wanted more out of the relationship. And, you know, my dad came to this country alone, had to open a business. And my mom, you know, wanted to come back to America. We grew up in Israel. But long story short, I grew up in this community with the Syrians and wasn't always accepted, but I made my way through. Went to Israel, everything. So how do we get to where we are today? At a certain point in my life, I wanted something more. I wanted something more than the routine. You know, the going to the shiur, going to the minyan, going to learn. I wanted to understand really what did Hashem put me on this planet for? And I searched for a very long time for the, the answer to those questions. And I ended up sometimes in the wrong places. I ended up sometimes with the wrong relationships, with the wrong people. And those things taught me many lessons. It taught me, it taught me who really I am and what I'm worth. You know, a broken heart could bring you to the best places in the world. And Dafka, at the end of it all, at the end of everything, I decided for once in my life, instead of looking for to constantly you know, give to someone else in order to receive in return, which is really selfish from the get-go, I decided to really give to myself. You know, I decided that I don't want anybody else to ever feel how I felt my entire life. The broken heart, the being alone, the not always, you know, fitting in. I decided I want to make a difference in the world, no matter what. So I decided to make content online. I'm like, you know what? If nobody wants to accept me, I'm just going to accept myself and let the world have it. And I I just, I don't know, for that one person who's going to be alone in his room and he's going to open up his phone, I want him to see, you know, a video or something and to feel good about himself. I want him to really connect to something when he feels alone. And obviously, as we know, we go through things in life. Life is meant to be hard. Life is meant to struggle. Life is meant to bring you a challenge every single day. And Tafka, when you want to give up, that's when you have to look at yourself and to say, you know what, I can do it. One more day, 
one more hour, one more second. And you have to believe in yourself. You know, Hashem wakes you up every single day. At the end of Modani, we say, Rabbah Allah is your faith, Hashem, that you woke me up this morning. You didn't just wake me up this morning to be average or to just survive or to just get with the day. No, you woke me up because today I have a chance to change the world. And I'm not telling you all to go scream in pizza stores and to do crazy things, but I'm telling you to change your world in your own way. And, and to not look at life like things are happening to me all the time. No, if Hashem put you into a certain family, if Hashem put you into a certain test, if Hashem put you into a certain environment, because He wants you to thrive it. He wants you to overcome it. He wants you to become the best version of yourself possible. How? By acting. And, you know, it says, Barati Yetzirah, Barati Tavlin. We all have an evil inclination. I'm sure for the Moroccans in the room, we all have anger issues. We all sometimes want to just, we're just not down for life. We have, we want to speak bad about other people. We have Lashonara, we struggle with, we struggle with many things. But the cure to, Torah comes from the word Hora'ah, instructions. This is the instruction manual, how to live the best possible life. You want to be happy? It's in the Torah. You want to live a life with purpose? It's in the Torah. You want to live a life with real meaning? Everything is in the Torah. And it's sad because people always look to escape. You know, it says in Tehilim, Kirvat Elohim Litov, closeness to Hashem, that's good for me. When I was looking in, I don't mean to secularize the crowd, but when I was looking in the wrong places for happiness, like clubs, I don't know, whatever, the wrong places with the wrong people, I never found it. I only found myself developing a desire to keep going back to these places and to keep going crazier and crazier and like, why don't I feel good about myself? And it's, it's, it's the complete opposite in life. The more that you distance yourself from Hashem and you connect to material, the more that your soul is connected to the material. And material is, it's, not, it's finite. Hashem is infinite, material is finite. This table can break. This chair was, it's, everything in, in this world is finite. Hashem is an everlasting source of completeness. And so, yeah, so the more that you distance yourself from Hashem and you connect, because you have to connect to something, right? You wake up every morning, you can feel alone. You can feel, how, how popular is depression nowadays? How popular is being alone nowadays? How popular is anxiety? The mental health industry is 95% of the world. Everybody has a therapist. Everybody needs someone to talk to. Everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs a friend. Why? Why do we need to constantly look for things? Why can we just be happy with who we are? You know, I, I, when I started to like, really get closer to Hashem in the past couple of years, I started like really connecting to it. I went to Sha'areh, not to bash or anything, but they really like stuffed religion down my throat and I got super turned off. And my friend told me, hey, you want to come to Israel? And I decided to give it a chance. And when I went to Israel, my life completely changed. I found that sitting, you know, in, in the Bemidrash with like a $30 book gave me more a, a sense of completeness than running and spending $1,500 on the table. I went to Fiazi, Lev, and then recently I went to Ish over the last summer. But, um, so yeah, we all need to connect to something. And I find that when a person is close to Hashem, this brings them the most happiness in their life. Obviously, there's many different types of people in this room, and you might ask, connect to Hashem, how? You know, sometimes I'm just not down. Sometimes I don't even want to try. Sometimes I just want to stay where I am and be content with what I'm doing and just leave me alone. What is this God thing? I don't even know if I believe in God. But... The beauty of the Torah is that Hashem gave a commandment that can suit each and every single one of us. 
You know, when people talk about, you know, why does the world need me? Let me just stay home. Let me just be on my phone. Let me just exit it out. It's the biggest, it's the opposite of the truth. The world needs you. Without you, the world is incomplete. Hashem doesn't just wake you up by mistake every morning. You have a purpose in this world to fulfill. For one person, it can be doing chesed, making tahidin groups. For one person, it can be making a shiur. For one person, it can be opening a modest clothing line. For one person, it can be opening a business to maybe help people that need it. For one person, it can be making Shabbat meals. Everybody needs something to connect to. And when you find your mitzvah that works for you, that will bring you the most happiness. And what gave me the most happiness was literally screaming to the world things that I believe are true. I, I'm so against the majority of what the world is running after today. And I'm, such a, I'm so pro-Hashem. Not because I want to sit in the Bemidrash and be some big rabbi. No, because it's, it's, it's true happiness. Everything in the Torah leads you to happiness. The mitzvot are beautiful. And Hashem knows, better. Hashem knows best. He created your soul. And your soul just wants to be closer to Him. The more that your soul is closer to God, the more that you feel happy, the more that you feel purpose. And the beauty in life is that you can uplift the material to purpose. I don't just drink. No, I make a bracha. I don't just walk to the store. No, I guard my eyes. I'm thinking about my future wife. I don't just learn. No, I'm learning because I want to be better. I want to be a better person. I want more for myself. And it all starts with having the confidence to believe in yourself. Because if you do not believe in yourself, you will not do anything in this world. You know, like build, just for an example, I've done a lot of things in my life besides the social media, but just to talk about the social media for a second, you know how much belief in yourself it takes to have to like go to like extents to like get interviews with rabbis and to bother them and singers and things like it was, it was complete madness. But every single time before I did a video, every single time before I went out of my house to do something when I was exhausted, it's 10 o'clock at night, I want to go to sleep. I told myself, you know what? There might be one person out there who needs to see this. So let me go out of my bed, go bother this person. Hey, you know, I have a channel, blah, blah, blah. Like the whole thing, every single time just to get the video done. And I saw Hashem send me miracles, complete miracles. When the person believes in, in, in himself and he tries to hit the goals that he wants to hit, Hashem will help you. Happiness equals meaningful accomplishment. So you have to fulfill your value system in order to amount and to grow on your happiness. So when you find out what makes you happy, and when you find out what you're willing to die for, spend the rest of your days fulfilling that and trying to attain that. Because if not, it's not a life worth living. We're not in this world to have Snapchat streaks and to chill by Starbucks drive-thru and to do whatever we like to do in Brooklyn. No, we're in this world to make it a better place. We're in this world, you know, right now I, went to, I tried to go get a book from the shul. I wanted to show you guys something nice. And I went to the wrong shul. Some guy stopped me. Hey, you're the guy from TikTok. It happens all day. And it's like, sometimes it's like a lot. But I tell myself, you know, I, I want to I make people feel good. So whenever I get stopped in the street, I give them a hug and everything. And I went to one shul and I went to the other and I was looking for the book. But you know what? It's fine. Because gamzu tova. And the idea is, is that when you find your purpose... You have to spend the rest of your you have to spend the rest of your days living out that purpose, because it's, if not, it's not a life worth living. And when I found out my purpose, I didn't just believe in it; I believed in it to like the fullest fullest extent. And I saw miracles. Like just to tell you a story, I did a video with Rabbi Yitzchak Yosef, and that video was not meant to happen. Um, 
One night I get a text from Yitzhak Yosef is in town. So I'm like, yo, that's an opportunity. So right away I drive down to Ben Yosef. I walk into the room. I see like hundreds of people. And I see Rav Yitzhak Yosef sitting right there. Just to give you an idea of how you can really do anything in life. I'm like, how am I going to get the Gedol Ador on a video? So I start talking to the showroom. I start talking to the people over there. And I'm like, I got, I got, I'm not going to sleep tonight if I don't get this video. The world needs to see this. People who are on Instagram and TikTok and doing God knows what, they have to see some inspiration. They have to see a Gadol Ador and snap out of it. I believed in that. Spoke to one person, sent me to him. Finally, we get it done. He's like, you know what, fine. Come to afterwards to this person's house and we're going to do the video. So I go to the address he sent me to. ends up being Rabbi Yadid's house. I walk into the house. I see his brother there. And then I see some guy who's sitting in the room. He looks like an old man. He looks kind of like homeless. And I go up to him and I say, hey, what's up? Like he, no, he actually started the conversation with me. He said, hey, who are you? I said, Jonathan Benchimol. Nice to meet you. What's your name? He tells me, Harry Ajmi. The, the biggest donor in the community is sitting there. And you know, I used to, I, there's this book by Naftali Horowitz called You Un- Unlocked or You Achieved Something. It's basically about mastering yourself. And he said, in life, there's always going to be that room. There's going to be the room that the most successful people go to. Whether you want to look at it from the Torah view and talk about all the Rabbanim, or whether you want to talk about the room where Trump sits in and Eric Adams, there's always going to be that room where the important people come to. And here I was talking to Harry for one hour, and then the chief of police comes, and Rabbi Yadid comes, and I think Rabbi Mansour, I'm not sure, all the important people in the community that basically like decide everything come there, and then there's me, some 22-year-old you know, guy making videos. And I thought to myself, wow, just me believing in myself and not giving in to the bad side really allowed me to tap into something great. And we made the video, and me and Harry became friends, and from there, it just continued. I was in Israel a month ago, and I, I sat down with Rav Mazuz. His brother, Rav Tzemach Mazuz, came to, came to Brooklyn last week. I sat down with him. I've been getting the chance to spend hours with Dolim, and it doesn't make any sense. Because every time I'm there, important people come. When I went to Rav Mazuz in Israel, you know who walks in? Rav Igal Cohen. Rav Igal Cohen, the biggest rabbi in Israel, who is responsible for saving thousands of people, walks in. And he recognized me because we did a video back, and he said, He's like, everywhere I go, he's there. You know? And I found out that Rav Igal's rabbi is Rav Mazuz. So this is, this is leading me to my next point. Probably one of the most important things that everyone in this room can do is to get themselves a mentor. It says in Pekavot, You have to have a rabbi. Maybe for the girls, a rebbitzin or a mentor. You have to have someone that you can talk to and you could look up to them and look at how you want to be. And you also have to have a friend that's someone that you could just talk to because emotional needs are very important and all your feelings are completely valid and I don't care what the world tells you. You have to know how to tell yourself that my feelings are valid and what I'm going through is real. And nobody can tell me otherwise. And that was something that I had to learn how to do myself. With my parents being Moroccan and the whole nine yards, they didn't exactly come to me and, you know, give me a hug when I fell up. When I fell down. You know, it's actually interesting because if you pay attention to it, when a little kid, I'm sure you know this, you have kids. But, um, hey, what's up? Come sit. <laughs> it's okay, laugh. It's good. When a little kid grows up, what happens when he falls down? All the parents come to him and they say, Hey, Kappa, get up. You know, it's okay. I love you. It's fine. Get up. The whole family like jumps on him and they give him love. And now the kid turns two, three, four, five. Same, same exact reaction. What happens when the kid turns 10, 12, 13, gets a little acne? 
Suddenly, he's generating a different response from the world. Now when he falls down, he's not so cute. And they tell him, get up, come, akshav. It's suddenly, it's not so pretty. Suddenly, the world is not responding to him in, in, in the same way. And what happens? Pay attention because it's very important what I'm about to tell you. This could change your life. His identity starts to change. All of us in this room have an identity. Your identity is built upon mainly, until you realize it, with how the world treats you. Things that people tell you. One person tells you, oh, you can't. So you think, maybe I can't. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I really can't close this deal. Maybe I'm really, I really can't learn, learn. Or maybe I really can't go to Minyan. Maybe I really can't be better than how I'm acting. And then you, you just develop a society of a bunch of I can'ts and I don'ts and I, I don't want tos. But that's not true. You know, when you get to a certain age, you have to start undoing the things the society tells you. You can't live in this identity of what the world tells you. No. Every single person in this room is a Jew. And you know what it means to be a Jew? You have inside of you a neshamayi tira, you have a divine soul that has the capability to conquer the world. Not to just conquer the world, but to do anything. And when I say do anything again, it doesn't mean to go and beat the stores and to scream, but what it means rather is to become the best person possible for you and for your reality. To be the best son or daughter to your parents. To be the best husband or wife to your spouse. You can become the best version possible in your own way. You just have to undo everything society has told you and to recognize who you are. Where do you learn who you are? Open the Torah and read. Hashem believes in you more than anything. It, it, it's, it's not true to focus on the past. And, it, and it's a waste of time to worry about the future. You know, they say depression is obsession over the past. Anxiety is obsession over the future. Optimal growth is obsession over the present moment. You want to grow, you have to be here. You have to be now. You have to be in the moment. It doesn't matter if you made a sin. It doesn't matter if you made a mistake. It doesn't matter who you were yesterday. What matters is who you are today. And to undo everything society told you and will tell you. And to develop an identity for yourself. I am a Jew. I don't act that way. I'm a daughter of a, of a king. I'm a princess. Or I'm, I'm, a, I'm a prince. You, you ever see a Queen Elizabeth dress a certain way or speak a certain way? No, she has respect for herself. And that's where you start to love yourself. Because Hashem can love you all He wants. Hashem can believe in you all He wants. Hashem can know that you can do better all that He wants. And He will. And He'll never stop. And He has infinite love for you. But if you're not going to acknowledge that for yourself, then you're going to build yourself this reality that's not true and you're going to stay there forever. And it's a shame. Because, because then you're going to lead to depression. Then you're going to lead to problems. Then you're going to lead to everything that's far from Hashem. You know that your neshama in a mashal, it's kind of like, let's give an example of an uh, engine. Imagine you have like a BMW X5 M Comp, 700 horsepower. This engine has the power to zoom, to go high speeds. But when you take that car and you drive it on Ocean Parkway with speed cameras and you're limited, you're kind of upset. The engine is upset and the driver is upset because you can't use it to its full potential. That engine is us. Each and every single person in this room has a soul, a divine soul, that has the potential and the capability to do anything. And when you don't use that soul to its fullest potential, it will start to become miserable. And it will project into who you are. You know, there's a book called Sefer Yetzirah, and this book can teach you everything about who you are just by looking at you. Everything from how we look, to who we are, to our birthdays, that can tell you everything about who you are to show you that everything is designed. Nothing is a coincidence. Everything is designed specifically the way that it needs to be. And when a person doesn't use their soul to the fullest potential, it will lead them to feel empty. 
to feel nothingness, to feel a disconnect. And that's exactly the time when you need to reconnect, to reconnect to who you really are. And I know that it's hard. I know that it takes time. But you should feel good to know that the chance to start is now. You can always make a difference. You can always take upon yourself something small. You know what you do when you, when you take upon yourself something small? Even making a bracha, something, anything. When you make a bracha, you're creating an angel. You're literally creating an angel that can go into, and save someone else across the world. And the opposite, when people talk bad about you, Lashonara, the best thing to do is to stay quiet. Because when you talk against them, and when you make more fire, you're losing your reward. You know the Chafetz Chaim says that when a person talks Lashonara about you, in that moment, there's a transfer. All their mitzvot go to you. Direct transfer. Think, of, think about how crazy that is. Think about how much Hashem loves you. He's literally giving you every opportunity to not fight back and to not take, take things into your own hands and to just obsess with the present moment and to leave the outcome up to Him. The world is not fair to you? Fine. Let me be fair to the world. The world doesn't give you what you want? Fine. Let me give what I want to the world. And I've seen this time and time again in my life. Whenever I didn't get what I wanted, I decided to give it. And Dafka, I got it back. You know why? Because that's real love. Ahava in Hebrew is love. Inside of the word Ahava is Hav. Hav means to give. Giving unconditionally outside of yourself, that is how you build true love. Not only for yourself, but for the people around you. And, and it's so important to love yourself and to fill your vessel. Because if you're, especially, I think you guys are all like young, single, including myself. If we're going to look today and to get married and we're not going to be compl complete and we're not going to be full, then we're not going to have happy, loving relationships. In order for the vessel to be able to give, it has to be complete first. In order, and by completing that vessel, you have to love yourself. Being single is the most important time in your life to work on yourself. Because from the ages of 18 to 22, this is the time when you're building who, you, who you're going to be for the rest of your life. One of the most important things is these next couple of years. Because you're building the foundation that's going to hold up your entire life. Like, if you ever look at a building or a tree, what holds it up? The foundation. The foundation is strong. So this is exactly the time to not escape. This is exactly the time to not run away from your problems. And to not run to the phone. And to not run to the city. And to not run to anywhere besides where you are right now. Because where I am right now is exactly where I need to be. And you'll see that, every, you'll see that time and time again in your life. Exactly where you are right now is exactly where you need to be. You don't need to be richer. You don't need to be less poor. You don't need to have what they have. You need to have what you have. Who is a rich person? Someone that's content with what he has. You have to be content with where you are right now, with who you have in your life right now, and everything will be okay. To let go and to let Hashem. Because ultimately Hashem wants the best for you. He's doing the best for you, but you have to want that for yourself. And the moment that you want that for yourself and you believe in yourself more than anything, anything. You know what believing in yourself means? It's that energy that's built inside of you for a moment. Should I do it? Should I not? Should I try to get the job? Should I try to go on the shidduch? Should I try to do this? Whatever it is, it's a, it's a certain question in your, in, inside of yourself that you ask yourself. And what happens? No, I don't want to do it. No, no, given, given, given. What is that? That's not Jewish people. A Jew is a king, a melech. What's melech in Hebrew? Mem lamechaf. Mem is moach. Lev is uh, lamed is lev, and chaf is kelayot. The heart has to control. No, sorry. The mind has to control the heart, and the heart 
will give you the passion in order to pursue action. Well, if you're not going to want to try to be a king, you're going to be the complete opposite of that. What's the opposite of a king? A lemech. A lemech is the complete opposite of a king. It's the heart controls, the heart is the passion, tells you I want to do something, I want to escape, I want to smoke, I want to drink, whatever it may be, just I can't do this right now, I want to break Shabbat, whatever, and then that heart, the passion goes to the head, the head puts it to action, and that's it, you lost yourself. You lost yourself. Now I want to, I want to, I want to dive into a thought. What's the big deal to, to mess up? What's, what's the big deal to just give in to the, wrong, to the bad side of you? What's the big deal to just live an average life? Like, what do you want from me already? You know, let me just, let me just live. Let me just do what I want. No, no. When you give up on yourself, the world will give up on you. When you give up on yourself, you lose it. You lose it. I wouldn't be sitting here today if I just gave in. Where would I be today? Where would I be? I'd, I'd probably be living some average life and I would never know what I could have accomplished. It, it's, it's complete, like you're, you're losing worlds upon worlds when you, say, when you say no to yourself. I think it's the Arizal or the Zohar that writes, when, when a person stops for one second to go after and to stop working and to stop trying to pursue his life, there are worlds upon worlds in Shamaim that don't get created. You're basically losing, you're, you're not just losing out from yourself, but you're losing out on what the world can have. I've gotten, and this is not to show off in any kind of way, but I've gotten millions and millions of views these past couple of months. Hundreds of DMs. I, I've even brought someone to take care of it because it's like too much for me. It's, it's something unreal. And that all started with my thoughts. I, I imagined it. I imagined myself inspiring the world. I imagined myself doing amazing things. And I put it into reality. But where, where would, who knows how many lives I saved, you know? I got, a, I got a call the other day. Some kid's going to yeshiva next year in Israel because of my content. Some, and, and this is many kids. Uh, they're, they're just, I don't even want to like talk about it because I'm not here to show off. But just the idea is, is that when you say no to the person that you can become and you stay satisfied with where you are today, you, you're not, you're not going to live the best life for yourself. You're, you're gonna, you can't give in to the bad. Because every, every moment in life, you have two decisions to make. And remember this, you're either making a decision towards growth or you're making a decision towards escape. Every decision you make is the same thing. It's a decision towards growth or it's a decision towards escape. And that's why if you wanna grow and you wanna to connect to Hashem and you wanna really connect to yourself, you have to ask yourself something every single time before you do something. Am I focusing on what I, how I'm feeling or am I focusing on what I'm doing? When you constantly focus on what you're doing, and when you align yourself a, 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 a mission, a, a statement, a purpose, this is how I want to live, and you stick to that no matter what, you're going to live the best possible life. Every single day, a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, for me personally, one thing that I try to do with my parents just to make it better and with my friends and with my life is just to give love to everyone. You know, you probably know my best friend from the videos, Oren. He's someone that also came from like a Moroccan household and whatever, but I told myself, I don't want to be how the world is. I want to change that. And I completely changed my entire reality. You know, it was his birthday this week and everybody was sitting there and he got up and gave a speech and he said, you know what, Jonathan, you're, you're younger than me, but if it wasn't for you, I don't know if my life will be where it is today. 
Every single day I called him and he was going through difficulties in this business. And I always reminded him, no, you're better than this. I gave him love. Same thing with my parents. I recognized that even though my parents didn't do what, what I wanted them to do and what I expected them to do, they did their best. And learning how to love them, I have to learn how to accept that everybody does their best. Because ultimately everybody in this room is a good person and we're all trying to do our best. And you have to recognize that the world is not around you. It doesn't revolve around you. There are other people in your life who are also trying to do their best. And you have to recognize that. Your wife, your parents, the people, they, everyone loves you. And when you recognize that they all love you and they're doing what's best, it's gonna allow you to love them back. I literally like force hugs with everybody. Sometimes they go like this and sometimes they embrace it. But love always wins. Love is the solution to all problems. You're having a hard day, love yourself. You know, there's two ways to get yourself out of a rut. One is to do a mitzvah, and one is to ask Hashem for help with whatever it is. Because you know why? Doing a mitzvah basically is creating something new. So when you're in a, in life, you're, all, you're either reacting or you're procreating. You're playing defense or you're playing offense. There's no in between. You wake, you wake up late and you react to the day, or you wake up early and you have a head start for the day. You can literally go out and procreate an entire amazing day. You're in control of your life. Things, don't wait for things to happen, make things happen. You want love, give it. You want happiness, make it. Smile. It's free to smile, and it's amazing. You just have to, you have a unique smile, use it. You know, literally one person can smile at you and you'll, you'll hit them right back with a smile. It's contagious. You want purpose, give it to yourself and you're gonna find it spread out in the world. This world is yours for the taking. This world is yours to go and to live the best life for yourself possible. All you have to do is actively go and procreate and everything else is up to Hashem. Do not focus on the outcome, focus on what you can do and focus on making this an amazing life because you only get to live one of them. Um, you guys wanna ask any questions or should we just keep going? Keep going? Yeah, keep going. Anything specific? I don't know. I'm kind of just going raw. <laughs> no questions? Keep going? Michal has a question. <laughs> no, please ask, ask. Give me something. I literally just came in here and I'm lecturing you guys. I don't want to do that. <laughs> any, any questions or anything? Something? No? If it's hard, how do you find happiness? What? If it's hard, if you are in a hard situation, how do you find happiness? How do you find yourself? So if you're going through a hard time, how do you find happiness? I'll tell you. Basically, you have to recognize that in life, you're only able to see exactly what's in front of you. Hashem sees the full picture, and Hashem knows how to move this there, how to move that there, and He knows how to run the world. Hashem knows what He's doing. He knows how to do His job. Don't do it for Him. So in order to have happiness during a hard situation, it's to stop for a second. This is what I do personally when something really hard happens or when something doesn't go my way. I stop for a second and I tell myself, Hashem, you're the one running the show. I don't know what's going on. And I just surrender my will. I, I, I completely try to murder the ego because the ego is what I want and surrender everything and say, Hashem, if this is what's happening, this is what you want. You know, you guys probably know this, but a couple of months ago or weeks ago, I tried to get Omar Adam on a video. I, I, I said, this is like a really big figure. And if I, if I can get to him, if I can use him, I'm not like a big fan of what he does besides that, but if I can use this 
figure, this guy with influence that everybody looks up to and get him on a video, I think this will do, be really good for the world. And I tried so hard. I got, I got to his friend, Shalom Seabag. I got to this guy, Shalom cash. I got to everybody around him, but not him. And in the end, they even gave me free tickets to the concert, like three, four tickets. And I took like my family and everything. It was during the Omer. Yes, I'm sorry, Hashem. But I had to get that video. I had to, I, I like, I was even like, yo, you know, I'm going to mute my ears or something. <laughs> I have to get this video. And then I wasn't successful. And then they told me he left, whatever. But you know what? I was happy because I did my best. All you can do in life is your best. And when things don't go your way, it's not meant to be. You know, my, my dad even told me, he's like, like, I'm, like right now I'm dating, I'm trying to get married and I'm trying to do like a bunch of things. And my dad told me, hello, what are you worried about? If it's, not, if, it's, if it's not the right time, it's not the right time. You don't just have a zivug in, in marriage, you have a zivug in business. You have a zivug in everything. Every person that you cross in your life, it's another opportunity. It's an opportunity, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to say hello. How's your day going? Give them a hug, embrace them. People that you cross in the street could be that person's about to break. You have to go to that, just, just force love, always force love. So what happened after the concert? I did that crazy video outside where like 10 guys picked me up. They're like, oh, Jonathan, let's do it. They picked me up, did the whole speech. And I'm like, you know what, he goes to the Ohel. So what did I, this is a crazy story by the way. So I'm like, you know what, I know he goes to the Ohel after his concert. Let me go to the Ohel, try to find him. I have stories for days about this page. It's like crazy things, it's very interesting. We went to the Ohel and we started looking for him and he wasn't there, so what happened? There was this guy, no, there was this rabbi who I thought was nuts. He comes to me with a dollar. He's like, put it in tzedakah box. And I'm like, who are you? Like, uh, I was like, I was like, you know, sometimes these Chabad people, they try to ask you for donations. I was like, this guy is a little strange. So a bunch of Bukharian kids came up to me and they're like, that's Rabbi Asher Waknin. He's the, he's like the, he's basically like the Rabbi Mansour of Queens. He's like a huge rabbi. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll put the money in the box. No, you got to make a video with him, everything. I'm like, fine, let's do a video. Why not? And we did the video and we met each other. And from, from me going to the Ohel and still trying, I met this rabbi. For me meeting this amazing rabbi, he taught me life lessons. Last week he brought me to his shul and I spoke to like 100, 150 people. So just for me not taking the L and still trying to take the W, I ended up taking a bigger W. Because I met an amazing rabbi who taught me tons of lessons and he brought me to his shul to inspire more people. So it's like, you can never get stuck on, on I literally just took the L. I lived, the, the concert finished and I just took the L. How right, you didn't get it. Now he's going back to Israel. I just lost. <laughs> but instead of fo focusing on the failure, I'm like, oh, let's go. We gotta go to the Ohel. Boom, we went. I'm not giving up. I have to get this video. We went to the Ohel. We didn't get him, but we got something better. Rabbi Asher Wachnin is a person that I developed in a relationship with in the past month, something freakish. He is, a, he is the only person that I've seen in my life that loves every Jew unconditionally. He literally like runs at people, hugs them, kisses them, tells them, you're amazing, it's okay. Uh, like I'll put him on the phone right now and you'll see. This is an amazing person. And I would have never met that person if I didn't believe that I could still make it happen. I would have never met all these amazing people if I didn't believe that I could still make it happen. And it's, it's, it's deeper than just me making it happen. It, it's more of, a, it's a deeper reason. The reality is that Hashem believed in me and I had to believe that Hashem believed in me. And the moment that I believed that Hashem believed in me, it allowed me to do a lot. So to answer your question in short, it's to take yourself out of the perspective. I know that you see through your own two eyes and the eyes are the window to your soul. So you're kind of like taking everything in and you're thinking that 
it's bad or whatever it may be. And that's fine. You're allowed to feel that it's bad. You're allowed to feel that it's hard. But always try to nullify what you think and say, Hashem, this is what's happening. You're doing what's best for me. You know, just to tell you like another personal thing. My grandfather, he's been like in the hospital for like six months. And it was a very hard year for me. And I noticed that every single time that I had something hard happen to me, that was exactly the time when Hashem needed me more. It's not that my grandfather's sick and just let him die in the bed, no. It means now is the chance for me to go and to just try harder, to visit him, to do more. I tried to take difficulties in my life as an opportunity to grow. Because I know that on the flip side of something difficult, on the flip side of opposition is growth. And I became so strong from just applying that mindset, I can't even explain to you. Instead of saying, oh, he's sick, he's in the hospital, this is horrible. No, it's okay. Go and visit him, make him smile. Bring him what he likes, he likes, he's Tunisian, he likes uh, fricasse, go bring him some, you know? Like, make him happy. This is opportunities to, to grow. So in short, the answer to your question is to realize that Hashem receives the full picture, you only see a small part of it. And you can't not be happy when you know that you're in God's hands. Anything else? I have a question. Yes. You seem very like a positive person, so how do you stay so positive in bad situations? Not to be happy, to stay positive, so how do you stay so positive? Is there a specific situation or in general? I'll tell you. <laughs> I wasn't always so positive. Um, I was actually a lot harder on myself growing up, you know, from things like the basketball team to just trying to do good on regions and things of that nature. But I, I once learned that one of our purposes in life is to try to emulate Hashem. Like Hashem has character traits. I think he has Yurgimo Midot, right? He has all these character traits. Hashem is patient and Hashem is forgiving and Hashem is ever loving and Hashem is all this. So I try to honestly just emulate God as much as I can. You know? Because at the end of the day, we're not going to be God. We're not going to be close to anything of what God is. But we do have a brain and that brain is very powerful. So if you train your mind to always think positive and to not just react positive, no, to think positive, to create positive, you can ultimately change your entire reality. And what does that mean? It means that if it means to basically ask yourself before or when something is happening, or in general, what would Hashem do? You know, it's a very interesting question. How what would Hashem do if he was me? What would he do? If Hashem was looking at me right now, or if Hashem was in the room, which he always is, by the way, it's a, it's a freaky thing. He's like here right now. But if Hashem was in front of me right now, what, what would he want? What would he want? Let's say you're walking on Avenue M or something, or Avenue U. Syrian community, I don't know. And someone, someone screams at you. What do you, how do you react? What does Hashem wants you to yell back and there is someone you to stay quiet? You know, if someone in your family gets upset at you or something, someone tells you something not nice, well, how does Hashem want you to react? Meaning if you build this value for yourself and you build this love for yourself and you build this identity for who you really are, nothing can touch that. Because you're a soldier of Hashem. You're on a mission 24-7. What the... Does, does a soldier fall when someone shoots an arrow? No, he takes the shield, picks it up, and he keeps fighting. And that's life. Life is a constant war. It's a constant struggle. But something that I noticed for myself is that the more that I worked on my mindset and the more that I worked on just being positive and creating positive, the more that things changed. You know, one thing that... Yeah, I'll show you with you another story. Six months ago, I came home, and it was after, like, one of the harder days. 
And there was a kid outside my house sitting in a car with his friend. They were like smoking weed. So, okay, fine. I didn't want to look at them and make them feel uncomfortable. So I'm walking and he goes, yo, Jonathan, you're the guy from TikTok. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is my opportunity to love him. Yeah, I am. <laughs> How you doing? Give me a hug. What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. My name is Mitch and his friend forgot. I don't even know if he was Jewish. I'm like, what's up? How you doing? He's like, good, good. I love your videos. They're amazing. And I'm like, you know what? We're here one second. I ran into my house. I'm like looking for a pair of CTC, something. And I went and I gave it to him and I told him about it. And I made a video about, and I made a video out of it too. You can see it on my other page. And I'm like, you know what? Let me make this guy feel like a million dollars. Because the reality is, is that he's, if he's smoking weed, he's trying to escape. He's trying to alter his consciousness. He's not happy. So what can I do? Let me fill his void. Maybe his mom just yelled at him and he's smoking. Maybe he's trying to keep Shabbat and his family's not keeping and he's like, screw it, I'm gonna go. I don't know what's going on in his life. I can never understand. But let me take this opportunity to make him happy. So we did that. I'm like, you know what, Mitch, keep in touch with me a little bit. You know, DM me once in a while. So he sends me a message like a month later. He's like, you know, I saw one time that you go to a class, something. I made a video where I put away a Gemara, something. I don't know. I always make crazy videos. It's always like on the, on, on the moment. You know, oh, let me show the beauty of putting away a Gemara. The Gemara gives you, like you come into a shiur with like a bad head. The Gemara clears it. Let me show the respect of putting it away. Like respecting the makom, respecting the, it may look like a book, but it just gave me life. It just gave me happiness. So let me respect it, put it away, make a video out of it. Fine. So he saw that video or something and he reached out to me and he's like, I want to come to the class. I'm like, okay, fine, come, I'd love to have you. So he comes and till this day, he hasn't missed a night. Not only that, but he wears tzitzit, he puts on a kippah and he's in the stride to start going to shachrit. And he told me, he's like, Jonathan, you know, he told me this, I think last week or this week, he's like, Jonathan, you know, I want to become that thing that you call the, the Baal Teshuvah. I want to do that. I'm like, why not? What are you gonna do? He's like, I wanna to go to Israel. I'm like, you wanna to go to Israel? I got you. Pick a yeshiva, I'm gonna get you in. So you see that? One opportunity to love someone, one chance at love, take it, and now his life has changed. Completely changed. You know, there was once a rabbi, excuse me, I forget his name, there's many rabbis in my contact list and in my head and on my page, so I, I sometimes forget. But there was a rabbi, and at one time he was offered to speak to like 200 people. And he gets to the event and he sees only two people in the room. So he's like, first he took it like as an insult, like, what did I come here for this? And he's like, you know what? Let me, let me give them my all. Let me make it like it's my, the last speech of my life. So he attacks those two kids completely, like loves them, talks to them, Torah, Musar, Chizuk, boom, 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 one thing to the next. And in the end, the night, the night ends, he goes on with it. What, something funny? 20, 30 years go by. <laughs> 20, 30 years go by, and he's one day walking in the street, and this, and this guy with a big hat and a big strumble comes up to him and says, Rabbi, remember me? He's like, no. He's like, remember 20 years ago, you came and give a class, and you made us feel like a million dollars? He's like, yeah, yeah, I remember. He's like, you don't understand, that speech changed my life. I went to yeshiva, I turned my whole life around. You never know when someone's on their last on their last legs. You never know when someone's about to give in. You know, people spend a lot of time running after things. The rat race, money, bigger, how to compare, this. But like, take a step back and ask yourself, where are these thoughts coming from? Am I trying to be better than people? Am I trying to flex, to look, have a nicer house, to have a nicer interior, to have a nicer life? 
But that's kind of a shallow thought, no? Because it's, it's, it's basically looking to take. Ask yourself the question, is this a thought that's coming from a good place or from a bad place? And that's a very easy way to differentiate between Yetzahara and Yetzahara Tov. Yetzahara, what's Yetzahara? What's evil inclination? You hear it your whole life, but what, is, what does it mean in actuality? It means I have a thought in my head right now that I want to open my phone on Shabbat and this, screw this. That, that's exactly what it means. What's Yetzahara Tov? You come home and you see dishes not done. For like a split second, you're like, should I do it? No, I'm not doing it. But that, that, that one split second of the thought is the Yetzar Tov telling you to go do that. Go do those dishes. So that's exactly how you differentiate from the, from the bad and from the good. To just ask yourself, where is this voice coming from? So all the way back to your question, how do you have a more positive attitude? To, con- to, to know one thing. There's a mitzvah in the Torah to be besimcha. Mitzvah gedolah liyob besimcha. You ever heard of this? Maybe I'm pouring people are drunk dancing. Mitzvah gedolah, right? What's besimcha? You take the words, the letters, you flip them around. Machshava. You take besimcha to machshava. Besimcha means to be in happiness, and machshava is mindset. Happiness is a mindset, and like I said before, happiness. In order to fulfill it, you have to understand that happiness equals meaningful accomplishment. What does meaningful accomplishment mean? It means that things that mean a lot to you. Accomplish them, whatever that may be. You have a business, you have friends, help them. Whatever makes you feel good, just, just keep doing that. You don't need to escape reality. You need to create reality. Escapes, they just get you farther and farther. You want to actually, I can, t- I can tell you guys a very scary concept that I learned two weeks ago. I went to Lev for my second year and I started learning by the Lev program in Brooklyn. And Rabbi Ike, just to give him the credit, he's an amazing rabbi. He told me this concept. He told me, he told me sometimes in life, people will be on the third step. What's the third step? The third step is that test that you keep failing every single time. For everyone, it's different. I, I can't give you a specific example, but there's that one thing in everyone's life. I think for the majority of women, it could be modesty. And I think for men, it could be connected to guarding your eyes and shmirat abrit. That's like the main two. But... Because the reason why, it's not because to bash or anything. Everyone take your time at your own pace. I'm just saying that the Torah says, woman to a righteous man and an immodest woman to a wicked man. Why, does Hashem def- why, does, why doesn't Hashem say, Tzadik et Tzadik? Why doesn't He go like that? It's because it shows you that the whole purpose of a woman is to work on her modesty. And that by all means, it does not mean to wear a skirt tomorrow that is unhealthy. I am not condoning that. I'm just telling you it means that you have to recognize your purpose. To be a daughter of a king. Anyways, back to the point. What was I saying? Oh, so Rabbi Ag told me a, a, a phenomenal concept. And by the way, the reason why there's emphasis on, this, on these mitzvot is because that's where you find the most growth. For men, it's the eyes and the breed, and for women, it's the modesty. That's where you find the most growth. It says in Pirkei Avot, Who is the hero? One that conquers his desires. So the more that you conquer your desires, the more that you find growth. And it doesn't just mean to say no to things and to, to force a skirt on. No, it means to understand what am I really doing? You know, just to talk about modesty for a second, I'll go back to the story. Someone told me that modesty is discretion. A woman is basically deciding what do I want to show to the world? When a girl dresses a certain way, she's basically like subconsciously deciding I want to show to the world a certain image of myself. Sometimes it can be for attention, sometimes it can be for validation, sometimes it could just be for themselves because they want to look a certain way. But when a girl understands that she's the daughter of a king, she's going to choose what she wants to show to the world. So discretion is basically, it's not the aggressive modesty, it's just 
I want to show to the world how I, how I feel about myself. So when you recognize that you're a princess, and not just Stamba princess, like you literally have a crown on your head 24-7, and the world is yours, you're literally a princess. You deserve the best, you are the best, and life is yours for the taking. The whole world is revolved around the woman. Sorry to get sidetracked, but just to say, that a man's parnasa is completely dependent on his wife. Everything is around the woman. You know, the Torah also talks about how the house is the woman, the happiness, everything is around the woman. If a man makes it his duty to make his wife happy, he's gonna have the best life possible. Happy wife, happy life, and I'm not, like literally people think the Torah is against women, they should just cook all day, it's not true. The Torah is pro-woman more than it is men. The woman is everything to Hashem, why? Because Hashem loves you. You're his daughter, for God's sake. He, he created you amazing in every single aspect. Anyways, to go back to the topic. So Rabbi, I told me a phenomenal thing. He said, sometimes in life, you could be on this third step. It's the biggest test for you. And sometimes you overcome it. You don't, you know, you climb to the fourth step. You want to get to the fifth. And then you fall back down to the third. You have a good two weeks. Inspiration. Chizuk. You're ready to take that chance again and then you choose to escape and you come back down. That's just, I found that to be the scariest concept. A person literally has a chance to grow, to do more, and instead of taking that opportunity... Jonathan, I'm Jonathan. Oh. <laughs> I didn't call her, by the way. <laughs> so, a person has a chance to grow and he doesn't take that chance and he falls back down to the third step. It's scary because you're losing out. When you don't take an opportunity to grow, and not just spiritually, but in any facet of your life, and you don't take that chance on yourself, you're not allowing the world to see the best version of you, and the world is losing out. You're losing out. It's, it's unfortunate. I'm not gonna call it sad because no one's sad and everyone's feelings are completely validated, but it's sad that the world doesn't get to see a better you. It's sad that you don't get to get up in the morning and to smile. It's sad that your family doesn't get to see you happy and thriving. It's sad. You know, it's, it's really a sad, it's a sad idea. And where does that start? By making better decisions for yourself. When you make better decisions for yourself, you feel better and the world gets to see a brighter you. And it's a chain effect. You know, the Chafetz Chaim said that he wanted to change the world. So he set out on a mission to change the world and he failed. So he's like, you know what, I can't change the world didn't work out, let me try to change my country. He set out, failed. Let me try to change my city. Set out, failed. Let me try to change my town. Set out, failed. Let me change my neighbor. Let me inspire him. Let me fix one person. Metakin, one person. You know, the Zohar says that if you come to this world and you don't try to help one other person to make tshuva, your life is a complete failure. And that's not like in a, an aggressive way, but it shows you the, the importance, the chashivut of helping other people, of being there for other people. So anyways, in the end, the Chafetz Chaim said, you know what, I can't change him. Let me try to change myself. When the Chafetz, and not to talk about the Chafetz Chaim like that, but I'm just saying it in a more understandable way. When the Chafetz Chaim changed himself, that's exactly when the entire world changed. So it shows you the power of working on yourself. You know, just me personally, working on myself, learning more, really being with the program. It changed my entire life. My family looks at me differently. The people around me are happier. I, I literally have, I know so many people that come from broken homes. And I'm proud to say that when I see them now, they're all completely outgoing because I put in work. 
you know, it's like Rabbi Akiva with the water. Sometimes a person can be so stubborn. Sometimes a person can be so tough. But it's like with the water and the rock, slowly, slowly, drop by drop by drop. And after years and years and years, the water penetrated the rock and it made a hole. What does that show you? It shows you that things take time. It says, Those who plant seeds with blood, hard work, sweat, and tears, they're going to be able to reap the fruit of their labor. So it doesn't mean that you get rich overnight. Open cash events, I'm rich. No, that is not realistic. No offense to anybody, by the way, just an example. It means that if you're consistent with something, you will eventually win. Hashem does not want perfect troops. He wants children that will do their best. So if you do your best and you fall, it's okay. Literally, like set goals for yourself. Make a plan for the guys. I'm not wearing tzitzit. Let me try one day. The whole week, Monday, I'm going to wear tzitzit. Next week, Monday and Tuesday. Slowly, slowly, you start to really change. You know, I, I know, I know a person who doesn't keep Shabbat, and I told him, why don't you keep Shabbat? He's like, ah, it's too hard for me. Every time I try, I break. I told him, Friday night, Shabbat comes in 7 o'clock. Don't use your phone till 7.30. Can you do that? Read a book for half an hour. Then break Shabbat. The sin's on me. I accept it. He's like, why? And I'm like, just slowly, slowly. One week, 7.30. Next week, push it to 8. 8.30. 9. Friday night. Shabbat until the afternoon. After a couple months, he kept the whole Shabbat. As opposed to what? As opposed to doing nothing and not growing. When, when, you put, when you put in that effort for a little bit consistently, you will end up growing. And that's opposed to, to completely giving up on yourself and saying, I can't do it. And then, the, and then in the end, you get nowhere. So put the work into yourself and recognize that life is all about hard work. You're here to work, you're here to grow, and you're here to become the best version of yourself possible. You do not undo your entire, for me, 22 years of living in one night. By the way, tomorrow is my birthday, so it's really funny how this works out. Turning 23. Oh, Hashem. Yeah. It's funny. You know, my family wanted to go out tonight, and I'm like, no, it's better to inspire people. So, go out Saturday night. Yeah, June 16, Gemini. Dangerous. <laughs> but, yeah, life is, a constant, life is a constant effort, and it's a constant growth. Do not change the world overnight. Do not change yourself overnight. You have to be realistic and to set a plan. Same way you want to go on a diet, you want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, whatever it may be. This is the same way you have to put in work into yourself. Slowly but surely you will succeed. You know, like to stay with the turtle. Slow and steady wins the race. It does not happen quick. It happens slow and steady. One step at a time. Like the water. Always think about the water in life. One hit, one hit, one hit. Eventually you make a hole and you penetrate. Yeah. Any questions? No? Yes? Ask me anything. Feel free. Mark has a question. Back at you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Or, or if Hashem put us in a situation 
get what I'm saying? Just, 100%. Just, yeah, I'm just listening. Like, if it's any situation, right? Yeah. I'm going to answer you in two different ways. I think on one hand, it's important to have a mentor to ask this question because some of us are stronger than others and some of us can endure more than others. I think if Hashem gave you this family, or not you, the person, whoever it may be, this family, then it means that for whatever it may be, that person can overcome that situation. I personally, I believe in family more than anything. I never believe on compromising with family as hard as it may get. If this is the situation, I have to recognize that it's happening for me, not to me, and now how can I construct a plan to make it better? Whether it may be going to family therapy or just trying to communicate with each other. You know, sometimes, especially as a Moroccan, there's so much tension in the house and you just want to take a plate and throw it. <laughs> there's a lot of tension. And it's this, when the guests come over, you know that? There's a lot of tension in the house. How do you ease the tension? Love. Love wins. All. Like sometimes I remember I would get into an argument with my dad on the Friday night table. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try something new for a change. When I was starting to really work on myself, I would get up and just hug him. And he's like, I'm like, just <laughs> I'm telling I love you. Let's just, let's just be, you know? And right away it would all erase and it would just, he would start laughing. And just like that, boom, the night was saved. Sometimes it just requires a person to do the complete, like, craziest thing and the opposite of what they would ever think of and just do it. You know, what do you lose out? Hashem wants you to do it. You want to do it. We all want to love and be loved. We're all sensitive. We all just want to feel that. So if you're not getting it, create it. I think that's the best thing to do. Like, literally, go home tonight and hug whoever needs it. Just force it. Force it. And so, it's hard, but it's possible. Just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. Like Nike, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just hug them. What is it? What do you lose? What if you hug someone someone pushes you away? Mm. And you hug harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hug harder. You I can, it. You threaten them. It happens to me too. pushing you and you went like for the hug and he would push you. You're pregnant or whatever. You tell them I, I won't get. <laughs> no, this, no, but seriously, you, you, you have to communicate. Communication is important and actions are important. But if a person obviously doesn't see your efforts or if a person is not reciprocating at a certain point, you have to, you know, end the situation. Like you said, like you said if it, obviously if you try and you try and you try and it's not going anywhere at a certain time, you have to set boundaries for yourself because you're just going to keep getting hurt. But if you try your best... It doesn't work, set the boundary. But if you try and it works, then Baruch Hashem. You know, communication is very important with, with couples and family and relationships. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is just to just say the most simple things. I love you. I care about you. I want you to be proud of me. It's hard to say. You know, that's why Hashem made phones so we could just WhatsApp it to each other. But sometimes the hardest thing to say have the most, you know, have the most effect. Just Just talk. It's just, it's, it's easy. It's not easy, I'm sorry, it's not, it's hard. But it really makes a difference. Write notes, I don't know, whatever it may be, but it's possible. Hashem does not give you a test that you cannot overcome. I believe that with all my heart. I really do, you know? I, like even my family in Israel, they're not the most religious, and when I went to Yeshiva and I would come to them for Shabbat, they would like break Shabbat and I would be confused all the time. I had to really form an identity for myself, who do I wanna be? You know, like I'll literally be making kiddush and my uncle will pull out his phone in front of me and like it would, 
at first I would get upset, but I'm like, you know what? Shabbat is so beautiful, let me show him the beauty of it. Pull out a chumash, start telling him something. Like, this is life. People are not perfect. People are far from the truth. But like, I, like we said before, how do you really show them that? By working on yourself. When you show them the beauty of Shabbat and the beauty of love and the beauty of life and the beauty of the religion, then it has no, there's no other way but for it to work and to impact them, to penetrate them. It says, Things that come out of your heart, they go right into other people's hearts. Just like a rocket. From my heart to all of yours. I came here tonight and I'm like, I'm going to give it to you straight up. I'm not, I'm nothing to hide. I'm, you know why? Because I accept myself. I could care less what anybody has to think about me because I develop for myself an opinion of what Hashem thinks, what my rabbi thinks, and my parents. That's it. My grandfather would always say, it's not ma'amar, it's a mi'amar. It's not what the person said, it's who said it. Because sometimes, sometimes people can say things that can uh, offend you or hurt you, but they just have the wrong intentions in mind. They're just projecting how they feel in that moment onto you, and that's not fair. But if it's a person in your life, like a family member who really cares about you, it's not like a one-way answer, you know, Shalom Bayit is kind of complicated, but it's important to try to understand what are they really trying to tell me. You know, sometimes a Sephardic person can say, go to school, get a college, get a degree, uh, uh, but really what they're saying is, I-, I want you to be successful. I want you to be able to support your family. I, I may believe in college as a, way to, as, as a means, but this is how I'm con- communicating with you, you know? Slowly, slowly, these things don't uh, happen overnight. Any other questions? How do you find a mentor? Um, I think how to find a mentor is the same thing for how, to, how a girl finds a man she wants to marry. It has to be someone that you respect and can look up to to grow. Uh, for a girl, I wouldn't suggest marrying someone that you do not respect. I think it's very important to have mutual respect in the relationship. But obviously for a mentor, it has to be someone who you think is ahead of you in a certain way and someone that you can look up to. I made a mentor for myself, not a rabbi, but a mentor, two, three years ago. His name is Gedalia Fenster. And, yeah, and the reason why I made him my mentor, you guys want to know why? Yeah, we talked, we spoke today. Um, yeah, you want to know why I made him my mentor? It's a, it's a really cool story. You want to hear it? Yeah? Okay. I was in Miami two years ago for, you guys know Gedalia a little bit? Sorry, I didn't know. <laughs> two, years ago, two years ago, I was in Miami for Sukkot. He has the podcast. He wears the tight suit jacket. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's phenomenal. So two years ago, I was in Miami for Sukkot, and I was going through something difficult, and, I wanted, and someone told me, go to this man, Gedalia. And I'm like, okay, so... The day before my flight, I drive down to his shul and I actually got his number and he told me meet me after Shachri, something like that. And I go up to him and pay attention to what I'm about to tell you because this is insane. And it's, it's all gonna, you're gonna be like, what? In two seconds. The first time I met Gedalia, his face was a light and he told me, hi, Jonathan, how are you? I love you, let's talk. And it may sound regular, but you're gonna, you're gonna hear in a second why it's completely insane, doesn't make any sense. He told me after we spoke for a little bit, he's like, you know what, this is a longer conversation. Why don't you come to my house tomorrow? I told him, come to your house, you're not busy. He said, tomorrow is the Shiva of my son. When I met him, it was the morning that his son passed away. 
his son passed away and that same morning is when we met and when I met him, his light was, his face was a light and he asked me to come to his house. I don't know about you, but if my son passed away, I don't know if I leave my room. This man came up to me, gave me what I, like helped another Jew when he just lost his whole world. I'm like, you know what? This is weird. This, isn't, this man is very special. I called my parents. I'm like, cancel my flight. I'm staying here for another week. I'm like, I told myself, I'm going to go to the Shiva every day. And I'm going to do Midah, can I get Midah? He's going to go out of the way for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to his house every damn day. Whenever, when everyone leaves, I'm going to clean it. And I'm going to just be near him. Even if we don't talk, I want him to know that I'm there for him. I had to do that. I was like, this is a special person. The first day we're there, um, we, were, we wanted to continue our conversation. And this was like the beginning of me getting ahead of myself, as I always do. I like to make my presence known in the room. So I'm like, you know, so I, I got into like a, a back-to-back with Gedalia. And for the first time, I really showed him what I'm about. I, I showed him my passion for the Judaism and my love. And he loved me right away. He's like, wow, this, he's like, you're really Moroccan. I have fire and passion. He loves Moroccans. He always, but he put me in my place real quick. So anyways, long story short, when everybody left and it was just me and him in the house, he was, he was reading a book and, and I was sitting there and right away he tells me, Jonathan, come. So he takes me into his office and he goes, he goes in the chair and he picks up a, a book out of a shelf and he gives it to me. He's like, I want you to have this, read it. It's called Letting Go by David Hawkins. It's like his favorite book. He has like 20 of them. <laughs> And when I opened the book, it was really cool. I have it till today. I still read it. It has his notes in it. So it's like really cool. Like his notes, his highlighters. I got a chance to like really study his brain. And anyways, to get to the point, this is the moment where I decided that I have to glue myself to this person. So I'm Moroccan. I like to get to the point. I don't like BS. So right away, I'm like, Yudalia, this is not real. Something's wrong with you. He's like... I'm like, something, yeah, something's wrong with you. There's, there's no way your son just passed away and you're fine. And he looked at me and I'll never forget what he told me. And he got, he got pissed. He's like, and I brought it out of him. He's like, Jonathan, I went to every single doctor, every single rabbi. I, I did everything that I could. Treatment, his son had cancer for many years. Every single treatment that I could. And this is the outcome? I... I surrender my will instantaneously. If this is what Hashem wants, if this is the outcome of, of, of my actions, then I'm not upset. I know I did my best. That is real life surrendering your will to Hashem's will. Real, that's like a real life scenario. This guy surrendered what he, all this pain and everything. And said, if this is what's happening, this is what Hashem wants. And it's real. He really lives with God. Not like us. We're nothing close to that kind of a level. He really lives with God. And what's crazy is that all of his teachings are about Rabbi Nachman Mibreslev. And his son died on Rabbi Nachman's yard site. That's the crazy part about it. For the, for the rest of the week, I'm there every single day. And me personally, I picked up that when groups would get around him, he would and ask him about his son. He would go to the bathroom probably to cry. I, I picked that up. So he's... He's, he, he did go through the pain, but he did accept the will of Hashem. And on the last day, after it was all said and done, I went with him to the funeral to bury the boy. And I actually, like, we stood next to each other. And when it was all, he, he, does, he doesn't like to express emotions too much to people. But I'll never forget that when it was all said and done, 
he came up to me and he gave me a hug and he said thank you and then his whole family was like who's that guy who's that young man that was here every day and then that's when like the connection started from that moment till today it's like been two years i think every week we have a phone call i ask him for advice and he guides me through it all and we haven't spoken that much recently because i've been getting the hang of things you know but he's a phenomenal person so yeah i know that was a whole long story but i think to pick a mentor has to be someone that you really admire and really look up to and it's funny because people sometimes call me young gedalia so you really see like the fruits of the labor it really works he's really a, he's a phenomenal person i think i think one of the things that he told me that i'll never forget it's like a sidetrack but he told me one time on the phone he's like he never said this in the podcast which i think is weird he said he asked me a personal question he's like jonathan do you want to be above average and i said yeah i do and he said okay so guard your eyes and keep shimat tabrit i'm like what He's like, yeah, the whole generation is running after girls and sex and cars and money and wealth and fame and putting on a picture to the world to see, but really it's a complete opposite of who they are. They have selfish you know, desires and they put on the picture to get what they want. It's a whole selfish process. If you guard your eyes, if you become the complete opposite of what the world is running after, you will be above average in Hashem's eyes. And if you keep Shemir Tabrit, you're gonna become rich, you're gonna become successful and everything's gonna work out for you. But at the moment that you break that, you lose it all. That is the foundation of success. And from that moment, and this was before Instagram, this was before anything, this was, this was like about a year and a half ago. I took that advice to heart and I worked on it like an animal. I worked on guarding my eyes and keeping debris, like anything. And I promise you, when I overcame that, and obviously you fight, it's, it's a daily struggle, but when you really get a grip on it, because it is a Yetzahara that you can't defeat, you can't overcome it, you can't wait till marriage, you can't guard your eyes. I'm, I'm speaking from experience, you could do it, it's possible. When you do that, you could do anything, I promise you. And I think it goes the same thing for the woman. If a woman can conquer her modesty, she could do anything. Because when you overcome the hardest thing for you, everything else becomes easy. When you overcome the breath in the eyes, not responding to anger is a joke. Uh, being cheap with the zakah, it's nothing. You know what it means to put your head down when, when, a, when a girl walks in front of you and she's dressed, you know, like for a man at least? It's the hardest thing in the world. But when you say, no, I'm not doing this, it's for my future wife, Hashem, whatever the reason, I want to be better than this, you show Hashem in that moment that you're a loyal troop. And you know why you have so much success? Because when you show Hashem that you're trustworthy and that you're loyal and that you can be responsible for His Torah, that is the moment that He can trust you. Because in life we're all vessels, we're all kelim. And Hashem wants to put into that keli bracha, shefa, money, wealth, happiness. He wants to give it to you. He wants to give you all these things. But the moment that you make a hole in the cup or let the cup overflow or put a hole in the side, you don't allow Hashem to give you blessing. And damaging the breed or the modesty for the women, it, it, it's, it's literally something that puts a complete hole in the cup. And don't get scared. The idea is not to be perfect. Like I said, it's to work on yourself. Hashem will give you the blessing. He will give you everything. Just work on it and show Him that you want to be better than how you're acting. Like I said, a daily grind, a daily work, and things will get better. But if you can conquer this test, everything else will work out. Everything else will work out. You want the best marriage? Guard your eyes. Or for a woman, work on your modesty. You know why? Just to talk about dating for a second. Marriage is about oneness with the other person. I know I'm not married, but something I obsess over is marriage. I'm so excited to like be a good husband because I know that it's the blessing to everything in life. It's the source of everything. 
You, you know what you get when, when, you, when you make marriage about oneness? And that's the beauty of marriage, by the way, because Hashem, it's a, mono, it's a, it's a monogamous religion. And that's how you say monogamous. It's a one God, right? Monogamy. Judaism is monogamous. It's about one God. And that one God made relationships for people to be with each other. Imagine for a second a life where the girl is modest and she works on herself and the guy guards his eyes. And basically their whole entire life is about obsessing over the other person. These two people have in mind that everything I do is for the other person because I want to give to them and I want to make their life better. Giving is a, is a double, it's a double-edged sword. When you give, you're bound to receive. But when you really give from yourself unconditionally, you learn how to love that person. Because we're all innately selfish. We all only care about ourselves. So when you give your time, your sacrifice, your money, your parts of you to that other person in them, you store your time in them, you put your life in them, that allows you to love them like crazy. And just imagine getting and not wanting to give back. It doesn't make sense. So imagine for a second in Halavai, we can all live this kind of life. Amen. Where we can all think about the other person give to them, guard our eyes for them, not let other people look at us. Imagine being like together intimately. The whole thing, the whole life is, is filled with bracha. Because that's what Hashem wants. He wants married, married, married people to only be with each other. Not cheating with their eyes, not letting everybody in Ocean Parkway look at how they're dressed. No, it's not about that. It's, it's about a relationship with one person. And that is the ultimate key to having a Happy relationship, having a relationship with one person, not half the world's. Because when you don't guard the most important parts of your body, you're basically spitting in God's face. God gave everybody in this room an ability to be like Him. How? To procreate, to have children. The first mitzvah in the Torah, Purvu, which is, by the way, for the men, not for the women. Just another plus one for the women. You could literally come to this world to help the man fulfill his tikkun, because that's how hard it is to be a man. So you're here for the men. So women, you guys are amazing. But the first mitzvah in the Torah is pruvu, have children. So when you take Hashem's, Hashem gives you a responsibility to have children, you basically take that, you spit in His face, I'm going to do what I want. So how can Hashem trust you? He gave you one mitzvah to be like Him. Have children, be like me. I gave you the organs in your body to have children, to bear a child. This is to be like me. I created the universe. I am the source of all good. Be like me. And what do you do? You spit in his face. So how do you expect, how do you expect for him to trust you? It's really a relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's the same thing with prayer. Praying is the most important thing. Talk to Hashem in your own words. You don't have to go to shul and mainly I'm talking to the guys. But for the girls too, I don't, it doesn't make a difference. You don't have to always just read a sidur. You don't understand what you're saying. If you really feel far from Hashem, don't go to minyan. Don't do nothing. Talk to Hashem in the real words. And in, in, in not real, in your words, rather. You know why? Because your words are the most powerful. That will directly allow your heart to penetrate out and develop a relationship with Hashem. I don't believe you need a therapist. I don't believe you need anybody besides Hashem. Because if you can really develop a relationship with God and go to Him with all your problems, you come home and you don't project onto your wife a bunch of nonsense. You come home complete. Your friend calls you, he needs a favor, you're ready to actually help him and not to vent to him about how, that, how bad your day is going. Why? Because you go to Hashem with all your problems. When you have a, a, a strict, like a rod, iron rod relationship with Hashem, nothing can get in the way of that. It's guaranteed to have a life of success. And Munah is the source of everything. And now we're going to connect it to this week's parasha. What's this week's parasha? Shlach lecha anashim. Shlach, whatever, shlach lecha. Hashem sent the spies into Israel, right? Ten spies, you're all on the job. 
Now there's three reasons, there's three different reasons why the spies messed up. The first reason is because, I don't even know if I remember all three reasons, but I think the first reason is, is because the spies went into the land and they wanted Moshe to, they, they basically wanted to pay back Moshe. Moshe saved Israel, the spies wanted to be like Moshe. That's one reason. The second reason why they spoke bad about the land was because they went into Israel and they saw that we're going to have to come to this country and to work. We don't want to work, so we're going to talk bad about it and stay in Mitzrayim. Because in Mitzrayim, they got the man from Shamaim and they didn't have to work. So they didn't want to come to Israel and start to build the whole country. They wanted to stay comfortable. So they said, you know what, I'm not going to go. And the third reason is, is because they knew that they, they basically didn't want to lose their job as being the head of each tribe. They knew that if they went to Israel, and I think this is what Rashi says, they knew if they went to Israel, they were going to have to basically get new jobs. So what, what, what common thing is, what common trend do you see in all three of these reasons? The, the, the spies messed up because they didn't have emunah. They didn't have faith. That is why they messed up. They didn't believe they were going to keep their job. They didn't believe that their, their purpose was great. They didn't believe in their responsibility. They messed up because of faith. And that goes to show you that the biggest tzaddikim and rabbis and whatever, they can mess up too. They're human. But if but look at a person like Gedaliah, he's not a rabbi, he's a, he's a spiritual advisor. Not to put him down, but he's, he's just like me and you. But what does he have? He has faith. He has emunah. Emunah is like a muscle. I can teach you that you cannot open a light on Shabbat. I can teach you a halakha. I can teach you a rule. But one thing that I cannot teach you is faith. Because faith is like a muscle. If you, if you don't go to the gym, you're going to lose the gains. If you don't work on the emunah, you're going to lose it. You're going to completely lose it. You can have a fire shiur and have 100%. You don't learn about faith for one week, 70%, 50%, 30%. After three months, you're already, you're asked, like, who's God? Emunah is a muscle that has to constantly be worked on. But if you work on an emunah and have a strong emunah and constantly remind yourself of who you are every single day and do that by fulfilling Hashem's Torah in the way that He wants you to fulfill it, it's a guaranteed straight line to success. Anything else? or? Amen. Everybody else in this room, amen. Any questions or we're done? Whatever you guys want. Yeah, whatever you guys want. We can end it, whatever you want. It should be my yeah. I think you should make yourself a rabbi and try to understand when you're ready to give. One last thing before we leave, I want to give you all a blessing that if I can give you, I want to give you all many blessings, but if there's one blessing that I could give you, it's for the rest of your days, you should constantly try to make Hashem's will like yours. Because ultimately Hashem wants the best for you. I want what you want Hashem. I have a clothing brand named that, by the way, if you want to buy it, it's from Gedalia's idea. If you make Hashem's will like yours, Hashem will make your will like His. You want to be happy? Follow the Torah. Hashem's going to hook it up. Have a great night.